Good morning and welcome to the 7am Bible. This is Paul Chapman and this is episode number 28. Well, thanks for joining. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you for waking us to a brand new day. We thank you for your love and mercy. We thank you for this opportunity that we have to open your word and we pray you'll guide us now in its understanding and give us some food for our souls this day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you've just joined us, we've been going through the life of Jacob. In the last episode, we looked at how envious Rachel was of her sister Leah and the terrible contention it caused in the family. Each sister coveted something the other had and did all they could to obtain it. In Leah's case, it was the love of Jacob. In Rachel's case, it was a child of her own. Today, we'll see how that jealous and competitive nature of the sisters was not unique to them. It was a trait they inherited from their father Laban. I mentioned in a previous episode that Jacob was a herdsman and a good one. Laban found that out within the first month of Jacob arriving in Haran. He agreed that Jacob should serve seven years for Rachel's hand in marriage, but he tricked him into marrying Leah and got him to serve another seven years. After so many years of service, Jacob was ready to move on. But Laban was reluctant to let him go. Let's read why. Genesis chapter 30 verses 25 to 30 I'm reading. It says here, And it came to pass when Rachel had born Joseph that Jacob said unto Laban, Send me away, that I may go unto mine own place and to my country. Give me my wives and my children, for whom I have served thee, and let me go. For thou knowest my service which I have done thee. And Laban said unto him, I pray thee, if I have found favour in thine eyes, tarry, for I have learned by experience that the Lord hath blessed me for thy sake. And he said, Appoint me thy wages, and I will give it. And he said unto him, Thou knowest how I have served thee, and how thy cattle was with me, for it was little which thou hadst before I came, and it is now increased unto a multitude. And the Lord hath blessed thee since my coming. And now when shall I provide for mine own house also? You see, Laban had been blessed by Jacob's service. When Jacob had first come to Haran, Laban had only a small herd. Now it was a multitude all due to the diligence and skill of Jacob and the blessing of God. But Laban, being the covetous man he was, wanted more. So he bargained with Jacob again, but this time there would be a twist that Laban had not counted on. Let's have a read of it. We find this in Genesis chapter uh, 30, verses 31 to 34. And Laban said, What shall I give thee? And Jacob said, Thou shalt not give me anything. If thou wilt do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep thy flock. I will pass through all thy flock today, removing from thence all the speckled and spotted cattle, and all the brown cattle among the sheep, and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and of such shall be my hire. So shall my righteousness answer for me in time to come, when it shall come for my hire before thy face, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats, and brown among the sheep, that shall be counted stolen with me. And Laban said, Behold, I would it might be according to thy word. You see, Jacob now claimed as wages all the part coloured animals in the flock, plus all the black or brown sheep in this case, as these were, were relatively few in number. And Laban agreed to this. But note what 
Laban does here. It says here, verse 35 I'm reading, And he removed that day the he-goats that were ring-straked, which means they were um, striped, and spotted, and all the she-goats that were speckled and spotted, and every one that had some white in it, and all the brown among the sheep, and gave them into the hand of his sons. And he set three days' journey betwixt himself and Jacob. And Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. That's how selfish Laban was. From my reading of it, he removed from the flocks all the part-coloured animals and brown sheep he could find, and to make sure that Jacob had as little chance as possible of breeding speckled or brown animals, he gave them to his sons and then sent them three days' journey away from Jacob. Basically, he segregated his flock from what would become Jacob's. But Jacob put his animal breeding skills to work with the remainder of Laban's flock. But not having any spotted or brown animals to start with, Jacob decided to use a strategy to procure them. Let's have a read of what it was, here in uh, verse 37 and 38. And Jacob took him rods of green poplar, and of the hazel and chestnut tree, and pilled white strakes in them, and made the white appear, which was in those rods. And he set the rods which he had pilled before the flocks in the gutters and the watering troughs when the flocks came to drink that they should conceive when they came to drink. Okay, so what's Jacob doing here? Well, basically he's taking the bark from different kinds of trees here, or the branches I should say, and stripping uh, along the the, the branches the bark off in strips so that the branches appear black and white. And then he puts those branches in the watering troughs where the animals come to, to drink and hopefully conceive as well. Now, why is he doing this? Well, I was reading that in those days there was a common belief that whatever startled or spooked the mother of an animal would affect the unborn animal that she carried. Now, scientifically, I don't think there's any evidence really to support this idea, but I was reading a bit on epigenetics recently, which is a fascinating branch of genetics. Epigenetics shows that certain genes can be triggered to switch on or off by environmental factors. Studies done on a generation of children born to Dutch mothers who were affected greatly by the famine in Holland during World War II while they were pregnant were first brought uh, this out about epigenetics. So even though the genes uh, may be recessive, they can be triggered to switch on by other factors apart from the genes of the animal that they're mating with. Now, I don't know if that was happening here, but there was certainly a divine power at work to make sure that the animals that mated carried a speckled or brown gene. We'll see that further down in the passage. So what happened? Well, let's read here, verse 39. And the flocks conceived before the rods and brought forth cattle ring-straked, which is striped, speckled and spotted. And now once a few of the brown or speckled animals were born, that was enough for Jacob to get to work breeding more. Let's read what he does. Verse 40. And Jacob did separate the lambs and set the faces of the flocks towards the ring straked, and all the brown in the flock of Laban. And he put his own flocks by themselves, and he put them not unto Laban's cattle. And it came to pass, whensoever the stronger cattle did conceive, that Jacob led the rods before the eyes of the cattle in the gutters, that they might conceive among the rods. But when the cattle were feeble, 
he put them not in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. And the man increased exceedingly and had much cattle and maidservants and menservants and camels and asses. So Jacob uses the same strategy, but in a more conventional way now that striped and brown sheep had made an appearance in Laban's flock. He set the faces of his white she-goats and used toward them, knowing full well what would result. Speckled and spotted ones and brown ones. You know, I read that the sheep in the area where Laban lived became fertile twice a year. In the autumn, when they have particularly rich pasture, then the stronger ewes conceive. According, it's a bit like you know, in Australia, kangaroos, they don't uh, give birth or, or, or become fertile unless there's grass to feed upon. If there's a dr- desert or a drought in the land, the female kangaroos won't become fertile for sometimes for years. But when the, there's grass in the land, they become fertile. And so too here in, uh, in Haran, uh, when there was plenty of pasture, the, more, the sheep become more fertile and they conceive and the stronger ewes conceive. And accordingly, the lambs which fall in February are the most esteemed. Now in the spring, when the pasturage is not so rich and the sheep themselves are weakened by the damp and moisture, they do not conceive lambs of so good a quality. Jacob therefore took care to lay his striped rods in the gutters in the autumn, but did not do so in the spring. Now I find this amazing, that Jacob understood about selective breeding, and he made the most of his knowledge and skills to ensure he received just wages for his additional years of service to Laban. Not only did he get all the speckled and spotted and striped sheep and the brown ones, but they were the strongest of, of the animals as well. While Laban tried to take advantage of Jacob, it was Jacob who appears to have tricked Laban. I wouldn't say he was dishonest, but it certainly didn't make Laban or his sons happy to receive the short end of the bargain. Let's read their reaction in Genesis 31 verses 1 to 5. And Jacob heard the words of Laban's son, saying, Jacob hath taken away all that was our father's, and of that which was our father's hath he gotten all this glory. And Jacob beheld the countenance of Laban, and behold, it was not toward him as before. Basically, Laban's covetousness had got the better of him. I don't think he realized how much he owed to God for the blessings he had received under Jacob's labors. His focus on gaining wealth only resulted in loss to himself, and he wasn't happy. Jacob could see that, but now God speaks again to Jacob. Verse 3 I'm reading here, And the Lord said unto Jacob, Return unto the land of thy fathers and to thy kindred, and I will be with thee. And Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah to the field unto his flock, and he said unto them, I see your father's countenance that is not towards me as before, but the God of my father hath been with me. What a relief those words must have been to Jacob. After so long away from his homeland in fear of his life, now God directs him to return, but assures him, I will be with thee. Isn't that beautiful? As long as God is with us, we have nothing to fear. Jacob explained to his wives the situation, and he reminds them of what their father had done to him during his time as a shepherd over Laban's flocks. He said in verses 6 and 7, And you know that with all my power I have served your father, and your father hath deceived me and changed my wages ten times, but God suffered him not to hurt me. So, despite Jacob's faithfulness in serving Laban, Laban had deceived him 
and changed his wages many times. Jacob gives the details about what was going on here in verse 8 through to verse 13 I'm reading here. If Laban said thus, the speckled ones shall be thy wages, then all the cattle bear speckled. And if he said thus, the ringstraked shall be thy hire, then bear all the cattle ringstraked. Thus God hath taken away the cattle of your father and given them to me. And it came to pass at the time that the cattle conceived that I lifted up mine eyes and saw in a dream. And behold, the rams which leaped upon the cattle were ringstraked, speckled and grizzled. And the angel of God spake unto me in a dream, saying, Jacob. And I said, Here am I. And he said, Lift up now thine eyes and see, all the rams which leap upon the cattle are ringstraked, speckled and grizzled. For I have seen all that Laban doeth unto thee. I am the God of Bethel, where thou anointest the pillar and where thou vowest a vow unto me. Now arise, get thee out from this land and return unto the land of thy kindred. So, here it confirms what was happening. God knew which animals were carrying the speckled or brown genes and caused those animals to conceive amongst Laban's flock. And so it was God indeed who was providing for Jacob, turning him into a wealthy man in remembrance of the covenant he had made with him. He reminded Jacob of the vow too that he had made at Bethel to give a tenth back to God. And Jacob no doubt would. How did Jacob's wives respond? Let's have a read here in Genesis 31, 14-16. And Rachel and Leah answered and said unto him, Is there yet any portion or inheritance for us in our father's house? Are we not counted of him strangers? For he hath sold us, and hath quite devoured also our money. For all the riches which God hath taken from our father, that is ours, and our children's. Now then, whatsoever God hath said unto thee, do. Basically, the daughters were referring to the custom of the time where If the suitor there, in this case Jacob, had nothing to give uh, to the father or the parents, then uh, he would labour or could work for wages. But what would happen, those wages would be held up in store by the parents and given to their daughters to take with them when they went with their their husband. So this is what the idea was. And, And Jacob's wives were commenting on this fact that all the wages you've earned, our father's taken from us. That belongs to us and to our children. So whatever you have now, God's blessed you with it. Therefore, take it and do whatever God says to do. I think they could see the covetous nature of their father was not healthy. And rather than stay in that environment, they agreed to go with Jacob. I think they learned their lesson too from the years of contention amongst themselves, all down to covetousness, coveting each other for what they had. So the takeaway for me today is this. It's found in Psalms 119 verse 36. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. Dear Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this meditation this morning that reminds us of our need to trust in you, Lord, for all that we have. And no matter what situation we find ourselves in, if we apply ourselves, you can bless us, Lord. If we put to use the talents that we have, you'll bless us with wealth, with material possessions and whatever we need in order to provide for our families, provide for our children, provide for ourselves. And as Jacob was reminded to render a tenth back to you in in gratitude for all that you provided for him, we pray that we might also render the tenth back to you, Lord, in gratefulness for everything you've given to us. So we pray this and thank you in and through the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, thanks for listening to the 7am Bible this morning. This has been Paul Chapman. 
I hope you've enjoyed the meditation. And remember, wherever you are today, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, take the Lord with you, be prayerful, be careful, and have a great day. And I look forward to you joining me for the next episode of the 7am Bible. Salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my soul. See